0: We've got our take cannons loaded and ready. ready. Absolutely
1: dominant on deep routes. Absolutely dominant on short Your routes. Boys, are back. Excellent separation against man coverage. This is Reception, Reception, the show.
0: Yo, what's cracking, everybody? James Bell, Matt Harmon here with you, and we're listening to Reception, Reception, the show. Uh, Matt, my voice, uh, it's not all the way back but it is back enough and i got to play hurt that's what you got to do sometimes you got to tough it out a little bit but uh, i'm back baby let's go
1: well i appreciate you being back man uh, you know i host enough uh, podcasts on on you know other <laughs> venues and stuff like that that right. i don't need to be i don't need to be jumping in the host chair of this one too but it was great for, for gale hart to fill in you know we had a great episode talking about like the top 5 receivers in the nfl so that was awesome but always better James, when you and I are doing this together, that's, that's what this is all about, man. So I'm, I'm glad to have you back, bro. And I hope well, you're feeling th- better the rest of the week.
0: I know I'm, I'm just trying to get by, man. It's, it's almost as if I need my voice to, uh, to work or something. I like know <laughs> it's kind of crazy, <laughs> a little um, bit. but yeah, a little bit, but, um, I will say this, the, the show that you and Gelhar had was, was fantastic. It's, it's almost as if you guys had done it before. Almost. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, even if the microphones aren't there, um, you know, you could have put a couple of beers in each of each of exactly. our hands and, you know, put a you know, put us back in that old Selby apartment in West L.A. And it's like we've there had these conversations about 500 times. So, uh, yeah, no, no hard, no hard thing there. Uh, it's pretty yeah. easy. But yeah, man, we uh, got a lot of stuff to talk about today uh, with the trade deadline happening, man. Oh, wow. it, is, it is a wild week.
0: I mean, the craziest trade deadline. Um, I mean, just in terms of total volume of trades going down. And it was kind of crazy too, right? Because again, we've seen a lot of trade deadlines where absolutely nothing happens. The other storyline that I thought was interesting about the whole trade thing was that the names that we thought were going to get moved, didn't get moved. Kareem Hunt, still with Cleveland. Brandon Cooks, still with Houston. Like, you know, it, it, a lot of the guys that we thought might be on the move ended up just not getting moved at all. But I want to talk yeah. about some some of the trades here. Let's talk about some trade winners, some trade losers. And later in the show, it's bye week apocalypse. Six teams on a bye. So, um, you know, we talk regular football here, but we, of course we talk fantasy football here as well. I want to get the people prepared, ready. You need some deeper sleepers. All right, fine. Let's get you ready with some sleepers on the back end of this show as well. But I want to start in Green Bay because to me, Matt, clearly one of the losers because absolutely no movement, which I guess shouldn't surprise folks, but I yeah. mean, come on, Green Bay, make a move. Make a damn move, Green Bay. What is going on? How can they not make a move during the trade deadline?
1: Well, it's like a bit at this point and they're they're pretty darn well committed to that bit you know not adding a wide receiver you <laughs> right, know um, exactly. aaron Rodgers on the pat mcafee show thinking uh, oh man i you know hope we can have something something to break here in the middle of the show nothing nope. um you know it's, apparently they were in on the chase claypool discussion we'll talk about claypool um later on you know I don't know what it would have taken to get Brandon cooks, by the way. I mean, you, you brought up Brandon cooks. It is a little weird that cooks, you know, it seems like he's a little miffed that he didn't get traded. You know, he had a cryptic tweet right after the trade deadline passed. you know, messing with talking about messing with his career, all that stuff. I mean, buddy, you signed a contract extension with the Texans this offseason. What did you think was going to happen? What did you think his team was going to be competing? Like, so I'm not, and I'm never the like honor of the contract guy, you know, I mean, that's not <laughs> right, what I'm right, saying right, at all, right, 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 but right. it's just like, yeah, the Texans were gonna be bad. They are bad. What what did we expect? But I don't know what it would have taken to get Cooks. You know, he has a big salary. That extension probably made it harder for him to get moved. You know, I, I bet that was probably 100%. more complicated in it. And, you know, the other guy that was, you know, maybe available that didn't get traded was Jerry Judy. Um, you know, I, I still I'm not a hundred percent sure how good of a player Jerry Judy is. I think he's he's certainly moved past Cortland Sutton the last three weeks, which you know, I've been saying that was probably gonna happen for a while now. But that's more of a Sutton thing, and more of just the the the, the volume there is not great in Denver. So I, no. I still think Judy like is he a is he a number one receiver? Probably not. I think he might be no. like a boom bust number two. But boom bust number two would help out the Packers a lot. So I was not surprised that they didn't get. And I don't even want to hear. I don't even want to entertain the Elijah Moore thing. Like that was, come on. If you were out there like. Praying for Elijah Moore to go to the Packers, like you need to get get a, get help, man, because you're never you'll never <laughs> you'll never be happy if that's the type of stuff you're hoping for.
0: I mean, even something small, uh, like how about just like if again I we talked about this in the preseason. I mean, like the Jets, if they could move like Denzel Mims, like even yeah. something something small to just a, a bone that Green Bay could throw the fan base that they could throw Aaron Rodgers, like oh hey, we got this athletic long. You know, outside wide receiver could be a field stretcher for you, Aaron. You know, second round pick. We got him for a fourth. It's not bad. You know what I mean? Like something, anything to make this happen, man. I I don't know. I I just, you're right. It's a bit at this point, Green Bay not making a move. And and again, it's like, oh, wow. Shocker. They didn't make a trade. But it just felt like this team is different, right? Because in years past, they weren't this bad. Now they're bad.
1: I think you could have justified it in the past to say, hey, um, we have Devontae Adams. Like, we don't need a great number two. Like, we're fine if Alan Lazard is our number two or the ghost of Randall Cobb is our number two because we have Devontae Adams. But, like, you could justify that. You could justify not taking, like, you know, Justin Jefferson or Brandon Ayuk in that that 2020 uh, NFL draft or even last year, you know. The year, not this last draft, but the 2021 draft like you could still justify it because you had, you have a great running back in Aaron Jones and you have a great, um, the the best wide receiver in football in in Devontae Annas. We can't really justify now at this point when like Alan Lazard's your number one and he's dealing with an injury, you know? And it's just kind of like, it's really hard to win in the NFL when you, when you don't have wide like when you don't have wide receivers you know when when um you know your top three catch players are robert tanyan you know with 35 catches and and tanyan's not tanyan's not even like a like a star tight end he's like a fringe starter at the position um romeo dobbs is your number two in terms of catches and he's a fourth round rookie and then you know, Aaron Jones is 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 there at the third spot. Well, he's tied. No, he's tied with Romeo Dobbs for second on the team and catches with thirty. That's and like, so bad. That's cute on paper. It's it's cute in fantasy projections and like, you know. I, I this is the stuff that like it's so easy to say this heading into week nine, middle of the season, but it's like you want to go back and tell yourself in the summer when Aaron Rodgers and like and the coaching staff is like, oh, I think we can get both backs on the field, like we can get both backs to fifty catches, and and one to be like, dude, if you have two backs that catch fifty passes, your offense is gonna suck. Like just heads up and, in in the year twenty twenty two. it's like I wish I wish you'd go back and like remind the fantasy like news cycle in the offseason, the news cycle in the offseason that hey, if that's what your offense is gonna look like it's going to be really really bad. So yeah, it's it's just more of the same and I feel like we'll just keep getting what we're getting from Green Bay because of the lack of moves here.
0: If you had like Christian McCaffrey and George Kittle as a tight end yeah. running back that were like leading targets and re- fine. You know, fine. But that's not who you got, man. Like yeah. otherwise functional NFL offenses need wide receivers to be their leading receivers. Call me crazy. Mm-hmm. Call me crazy. Uh, Green Bay, I don't think, has a functional offense. As a matter of fact, Aaron Rodgers, as you guys probably know, has topped out at 255 yards passing. Topped out. Oh, my God. Has not had a single 300-yard game. Come on. It's Aaron Rodgers we are talking. And don't get me wrong. And I know Packer fans and and Aaron Rodgers haters, like, I I get it. They're circling the wagons right now. I get it. Rodgers has not played – like a two-time or you know consecutive MVP. I totally understand that part. He hasn't. That being said, the cupboard is bare, man. And Matt, what is even more of a stark contrast is when you see guys like, like A.J. Brown go to a new team and absolutely lift the offense. When you see Tyreek Hill go to Miami and absolutely lift an offense, these guys are lifting offenses, man. Green Bay, let that be a strength. As a matter of fact, we mm-hmm. talked about it ad nauseum last year about the Bengals selecting Jamar Chase. They don't go to the Super Bowl with, with Panay Sewell, man. Like, I'm sorry. It just right. doesn't yeah, happen. 100%. Yeah. Right? So they take Jamar Chase, and what happens? The passing game now becomes a thing. It's a strength. That's the identity of their team. You would think with Aaron Rodgers that you would want that to be the identity of your team. But no, with a guy like LaFleur, he always wants the identity to be the run game for whatever reason. I don't know why.
1: Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: I really liked what Baltimore did, only because I think Roquan Smith is the perfect guy to go to Baltimore. He's like the most Baltimore linebacker ever, dude. Like, mm-hmm. I love it. And I love the fact that he's now wearing this random-ass wide receiver number. He's wearing 18.
1: 18? Oh, God. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I
0: No, I don't like that.
1: <laughs> I don't like that.
0: You know what's funny, man? He's gonna look so fast. He's gonna wear yeah. that 18, and he's gonna look so much faster in that 18 than in whatever, whatever what he was wearing in Chicago, man. I, I dig it. I love it. I know it's crazy, it's but the, I love yeah. it. And it's just the whole number thing, man. <laughs> I'm still I'm
1: I'm more used to the, you know, like saying the wide receivers wearing single digits. Okay, I can get used to that. But like yeah. you know, you get a linebacker wearing 18, it's just
0: that's it's weird. tough, man. Yeah, it's, it's tough. weird. Um, I hinted at it just a little bit. Pittsburgh trades away Chase Claypool. They I thought they got a King's ransom, dude. Like, I cannot really believe surprising. the Bears paid what they paid to go get Chase Claypool, especially after trading away Roquan Smith. When you trade away Roquan Smith and say, okay, well, we're gonna take, you know, a low second round pick for that. Okay, that that's I think that's fine. But you're also tell, you're also saying, like, hey, we're kind of sort of in rebuild mode. Then they give up their own second round pick to go get Chase Claypool. And it's a very, it's a muddled strategy, I think, for Chicago. And and quite frankly, I, I thought, I thought Pittsburgh just got amazing value for a guy who was their number three uh, wide receiver.
1: Yeah. Um, I agree with a lot of what you're saying. It's a little um, puzzling for the Bears and, you know, they end up that will probably be a reasonably high pick. Uh, It'll be higher than there, but it's nice to, you know, they have another second rounder, you know, apparently they just weren't going to do the deal with Roquan Smith because of positional value, which, you know, some people just don't value off ball linebackers that way. But, you know, if Chase Claypool comes in there and plays really well, like, I mean, even if he doesn't play really well, like he can, I, mean, I don't know if he'll, he'll, he'll do it, but like he could hold out for a contract extension, you know, cause he'll be eligible for an extension after this year, him and Darnell Mooney, both could, you know, but, the problem is like neither of these dudes are like w- number one receivers. Uh, you yeah. know, I-, I think they're probably like best as number threes. And you know, Chase Claypool had a really promising rookie season. You know, even in reception perception, there was good um, notes there. But then his second season, he really, really struggled as an out pure outside receiver. Couldn't separate. He's also like he just doesn't play to his size at all. Um, you know, no. he, he's big. He's like two thirty plus six forty, um, but he doesn't win contested catches. I mean, that's been my biggest problem with Chase Claypool is that he does not consistently win 50, 50 balls. And it's like, you should be, you know, you're, you're getting comparisons to like, remember when they called him Mapletron Tron in his rookie year? Cause he's ah, like from Canada right. or whatever. And it's like, you should be winning those 50, 50 balls, man. And he, he does not. Um, but I, I think he can be an interesting, like big, I think he's got to stay as a big slot. I think he's got to stay as sort of like an open field design touches type of player um but that still leaves him with a gaping hole you know for like a big physical perimeter guy the strategy part of it i mean i i just don't really i don't really know how i feel about chase claypool as, as a player i guess is where i'm at with it i i think he's probably a deep like a guy you can get away with starting but you probably want to be your three which is kind of sounds like where darnell mooney is as a player like i wouldn't I wouldn't give either of those guys like twenty million dollars when that's probably what the market will be when they come up for a contract extension just after the whole Christian Kirk thing stuff like that. I and mean, Christian Kirk better football player than those two guys. But long story short, like I just I think Chicago's receiver core is better with Chase Claypool. How much better is the question? But it's clear that like what what this move does signal to me is that the Bears have now seen enough to be like open-minded to Justin Fields being their guy, you know, because he's played pretty well the last three or four weeks. I think Luke Getzey has sort of evolved his thinking and play calling and the way he designs the offense around Justin Fields' skill set. You know, they've gotten him on so many more designed runs and things like that. This, this goes to show that I think, okay, they're, they're, they're like, let's get Fields some help so he can continue to grow and develop so that we can feel even better about him going into uh, 2023.
0: You know what I feel like the offense has done just from a visual standpoint? I don't have any data to back this up, but just, just watching them play. It seems as if they've really kind of reduced the number of options that Fields has first or second read, if it's not their run. Um, and I think that's been really good for fields. He he's not what I think what the problem was in the first, you know, maybe four or five weeks of the season, he just looked lost he had no confidence. He didn't know when to pull the trigger, um, and I think that really hurt him. And then I feel like they simplified his looks. You know, so either you're gonna go to your fir- you're gonna go to your primary, and if it, that's not there, go to your secondary checkdown, and if the checkdown's not there, fricking run it. And that has really proven itself over the last four weeks, where he's averaging I don't know something like seventy five rush yards a game or something something really impressive. I will say this what is truly interesting is that all four teams that he has played where he has played well, those are all teams that are top 10 in total sacks. So every single time he's been under pressure, he has been able to tuck it and run Mm -hmm. at some point though, Matt, I wonder if other D coordinators around the league are going to say, we're really going to kind of give him like that mush pass rush and just say, you got to beat us with the arm. Um, yeah. and that's really where I think it'll really be interesting, um, to see if he has developed because you know what, man, like when he can set his feet and throw the ball, it looks freaking beautiful. I mean yeah. that the yeah. ball got comes out of his arm. hand. He's got a great arm, good touch. The ball just comes out. Like it, he's got a very live arm and it looks awesome. Um, I just think Confidence is a little bit of a thing. I think, you know, and again, I I just can he make the reads? You know, Uh, I'm not 100% sure, but it's been a great month of football uh, for Justin Fields. And you're right. I think this month of football encouraged the Bears, Chicago, to make that move to go get Chase Claypool. How much is Chase Claypool going to help Justin Fields? I actually don't know. To me, that seems pretty murky. Like that's why that's another reason why I thought the trade was weird. How are they going to utilize Chase Claypool?
1: I don't know. That's a great question because again, I think he needs to be a- almost like a almost like a pseudo tight end, you know, big um big slot type of guy. Like he's not good enough as a separator to win on the outside and he's not good enough in contested situations to offset those separation concerns. So right. he's not like a boundary X receiver type. He is got to be that movable chat which you know, Darnell Moody's been like a pseudo-slot guy this year. He's been about 50-50 inside outside. Right. So, you know, does Chase Claypool become that guy? I I don't know. I mean, of course the Packers were also apparently in on Chase Claypool, but you know, the Bears had more like a higher, a likely higher second round pick to give right. back. Although, I mean they they do have the same record as the Packers. So it's not <laughs> But I mean, I think we we assume that that'll change at some point, but um, maybe not. Maybe don't assume that. But yeah, that's a there. He's a very Packers guy, Chase Claypool. He's like like Christian Watson is like a, is like Chase Claypool in in some senses. So that made sense that Green Bay was involved in that. But yeah, I, I don't know how Claypool is gonna be utilized there. And I think again from the strategy angle, it's like let's just get this guy into building right now, have him start building some chemistry with Fields. And you know, we know Chase Claypool can be a, like a functional NFL receiver. Like he can play in the NFL. Uh, We don't know that some second-round rookie next year is going to be able to do that.